Hello, beautiful people. This is Flash Black Radio. You are listening to The Usual Suspects on Shit You Might Have Missed. I'm standing here with The Usual Suspects. I, myself, and Da Vinci Parks, a.k.a. Lee Bennett III. To my left in the studio, I have Mr. Kia Richardson. To my right, I have Mr. Slim Williams. What up? And on the telephone, on the tele, we have Miss Christy Hunt, who's very silent. Here right I now. am. There we go. <laughs> I closed the window. Oh, okay. All right, so ladies and gentlemen, first and foremost, I want to make sure you know today is October 17th, 2016. And we're just going to run down what we do with this particular segment. In essence, we just bring to you a couple of ideas, topics, Things, happenings that have happened maybe a couple weeks ago, maybe just today, but we're just going to talk about stuff that we think is interesting to talk about. Hopefully you'll listen and find it interesting too. Either way, we're having a good time. So so with that being said, uh, who would like to start? Takia, would you like to start? Because I know what I want to talk about, actually. Mm, no, because I think mine is a little somber. Okay, so oh, you're gonna bring here's what I'm going to do. I'll, I'll bring mine up first. Here's what I'll do. Uh, if I if I say Sanford, what do you guys think about? What's the first thing that comes to mind if I say Sanford? And, and son, okay. Florida. Okay, Christy. Christy gets <laughs> Here's the thing: there's no wrong answer to that. No, 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 no. It's no, there's no wrong. I, I knew I was going to ask this question, and I figured that's going to be one of two answers. Basically, like black people, a lot of black people, especially of a certain age, are going to say Sanford and son. That's cool. Um, no shame. But, no, no shame at all. No this, that's not oh, what this is well, about. Now I'm a little disappointed. Okay. No, I actually Christy's have both actually thoughts at the same time. I believe you. I believe you. I believe you. So uh, I was actually speaking in reference to Sanford, Florida. And the reason why I was thinking about Sanford, Florida is today there, there was a, a man who was just sentenced to 20 years in Sanford, mm-hmm. Florida mm-hmm. for shooting at George Zimmerman. I just want. I just. I just want to. I just want to let that sink in. So, just in case there's somebody who might be young and unaware of George Zimmerman and the significance of that, a couple years ago, 2012 to be exact, an unarmed teenager by the name of Trayvon Martin was walking home in the rain with some Skittles and some Arizona iced tea. He had on a hoodie. There was a man. We'll call him that just because he's a human being. He but was a male. He was a male. Fine. Mm-hmm. Named George Zimmerman, who was watching Trayvon Martin going home and assumed that because he had a hoodie on and because he wasn't able to identify Trayvon Martin, that he must have been a criminal. Mm-hmm. He then gave chase to Trayvon Martin. After Mind you, told not to. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. I guess I should point out he called 911 on this kid for walking home in his, own, in his father's neighborhood. Uh, he was in a car. And he decides to chase Trayvon Martin. Trayvon Martin runs because With he doesn't know. With the gun. Yeah, well, George Zimmerman has a gun as well. There's a lot going on in this case. The main thing is this armed grown man chased down a child and in a struggle when, you know, there's two laws in nature, it's fight or flight. So first, Trayvon ran, and then he decided to protect himself. Correct. Right? And the irony is what George Zimmerman got off on is there's a law called Stand Your Ground in Florida. So under the auspices of Stand Your Ground... George Zimmerman said he feared for his life, so he shot Trayvon Martin because he feared for his life. Now, mind you, this is a grown man, twice the age of um, Trayvon Martin, had about 80 pounds on him in weight, maybe. 
60 to 80. I can't remember the exact numbers. He was a big boy. He's, he's, a, he's a much larger man than Trayvon Martin was. Who he pursued. Who he pursued in the rain, unidentified. And George Zimmerman was not a police officer. No, he was a voluntary neighborhood watchman. Voluntary. Voluntary neighborhood watchman. And in the middle of starting a fight with this dude he knew nothing about, George Zimmerman was also supposed to be an MMA guy or something like that. Um, he was likely getting his ass handed to him by this young kid. Correct. And in the process of this, he realized, oh, I have a gun and shot him. Or maybe he had the whole time he was going to shoot him. I don't know what was going through his head. I do know one fact. There was a fact that he chased a boy down with a gun and he wound up killing that kid. Kid didn't have a gun. He didn't do anything wrong. And in the the following months and years, uh, there's a whole process of Trayvon Martin, like many uh, unarmed people who are killed, wind up being put on trial for his own death. So George Zimmerman gets off because there's a law that says in Florida, you can stand your ground. If you believe that you are threatened, you do not have to run. You can stand your ground. He just happened to have a gun, which is an open carry state in Florida. Okay. So the gentleman that just got sentenced, his name is David Apperson, I believe. Uh, his account of the story was that he feared for his life because George Zimmerman threatened him. So he stood his ground. However, that defense did not work for David Apperson. David Apperson got 20 years. So I just thought that was kind of crazy. I didn't know if you guys wanted to talk about it. Not to be honest with you, every time I talk about Trayvon Martin or, or Sandra Bland in particular, these particular cases for some reason bother me more than most of the many cases that we can discuss but i don't know if you want to speak to that or what your thoughts were but i saw it but i didn't read it because mm-hmm. i was just like this is yeah. i try to avoid all things of or related to george zimmerman it's hard to man they keep bringing this dude up because he's always doing something yeah now mind you it wasn't too long ago that he he, he caught charges for domestic violence after the trayvon martin thing he also was trying to sell the gun. Oh, he did. He sold that. He auctioned it. As a piece of Americana, as an American icon. He's such a horrible person. He sold the gun that killed a 17-year-old boy. 17 years old in two weeks. And it was okay by a lot of Americans' account because he was a thug and had marijuana in his system. Like, how would you know that? I don't, I don't know if this is... I don't know if this is off topic or... Uh, if it's right in line with the topic, but do you? Uh, it, it seems to be, and maybe it's just the culture of you know to to use a term that's being used, black lives uh, not mattering to the mainstream. Uh, there seems to be this culture of celebration for those who commit these acts, particularly. Um, those in law enforcement, but that's expanded when you include people like George Zimmerman, who is not in law enforcement, uh, or he should the, have had no, not had the benefits exactly, right. or the other gentleman who uh, actually got convicted because he shot up the car um, mm-hmm. full of teenagers mm-hmm. because they were playing. Live yeah, he music. didn't get, he didn't get, he didn't um, get put in jail. He didn't get time for actually killing the kid. He yeah, got it was a different charge. Time for like uh, aggravated assault against the kids <clears throat> that lived. Which is, no, he got uh, and he went to jail for attempted murder. Right, but they could not convict him of murder. That's right. So I, was, I said aggravated assault. So I got the charge wrong. But what I'm saying, he didn't get. He clearly murdered this kid, but he didn't get time at all for murder. He got time for attempted murder of the two kids that survived. 
the officers who were the stewards of Freddie Gray, who were responsible for his safety and well-being when he uh, was when he was deceased. Uh, as for the official record, when he was deceased for reality, when he was uh, murdered, by, by, I guess by negligence would be the best way to describe it. Um, you know, those officers have been celebrated um, by their by others in their community, others supportive of their community. So this just, you know, I think this culture of we celebrate those who take the lives of black folks, not just black men, not just black youth, because Eric Garner wasn't a young man and uh, Sandra Bland wasn't a man at all. Mm -hmm. um, so there's a disregard for the black life. And then I think it, it, people prioritize things, right? You look at racism and you look at like with the current election campaign and everything that's going on. Some people just deny that racism exists. Other people don't deny that racism exists, but because they have privilege, they can just ignore it. Other things can be more important to them than racism. Right. So that causes things like this to happen for Eric Zimmerman. I'm sorry, George Zimmerman to commit what basically is a crime that he should have been convicted for. Uh, taking the life of Trayvon Martin, but then for someone else to be convicted for not even taking George Zimmerman's life um, because he's enjoying that privilege, the other person getting convicted is a byproduct of that same privilege. And all these people mm -hmm. being celebrated for taking black lives, that's the same culture of privilege that's causing all of it. So I think it's just all tied together. I think it's a double, it's like it's a double slap in the face. Though. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like how? Like how? You know what I mean? Like like nobody was killed in this. In this, I mean, I of course it, nobody, even George Zimmerman, nobody wants to be shot. That's that's not an idea of fun. I don't think for the sane mind, right? Not saying that he's sane. But I'm just. Yeah, I mean, it's like Dave Chappelle had to. You know, he did the the sketch. You know, with the two justice systems. You know, it's one justice system for you know. Is that what the feel? Exactly. I believe the feel. With Tron. Like, black people, have, black people have a justice system. White people have a justice system. Black victims has a, have a justice system. White victims mm. have a justice system. So. As evidenced by the Central Park Five. Exactly. Yeah. Google it. Google it. Google it. Google's amazing. Yeah, it is. Or, or execute an internet search using Whatever search engine you want. Google's just a brand. It's kind of like. Yeah, it was pretty much. Kind of like much, cream of weed. It's pretty much Google. It's like Walkman. Xerox. And they, like, it's like It's like Walkmans where they, they had other like, you know, personal cassette players. But yeah, yeah, yeah. It's Walkman. Yeah, you know? Yeah, yeah. It's Google. Mm -hmm. You know, like Excite and Lycos are gone, man. Yeah. You know? What is Bing? Well, Bing actually was caught some years ago. They actually were caught lifting the code from. From Google, Google laid a trap for them. Hey. So they they actually like put out, they actually put out <laughs> this uh, this fake search, and they waited to see who was going to latch on to it, and it was showed up in Bing's feed like three hours later. Mm -hmm. So That's I thought that was kind of fun. Awesome. Yeah, Google's also an evil empire at the same no. time. It's it's like they're a mix. 
because they do awesome stuff, but they also is like, yo, you guys are really into people's information like a little bit too much. They are all up in your shit. Yes, like like you know like like really like if you turn around, is that the tagline? Google, they're all up in your shit. <laughs> it could it be. Should be. You know what? For the purposes of this show. <laughs> Because we ain't getting sponsored by Google at this point. <laughs> that is if unofficial tag. If you want us to change it, Google, sponsor us. Yes. We'll say really sweet things about you. Yes. We can always get that money from, from Yahoo. <laughs> <laughs> well played, sir. Well played. Yahoo's going to die. Yahoo's Yahoo. going to die. You ain't got no money, Yahoo. Yahoo's going to die before AOL does. Oh. Oh, shots. How is AOL not dead yet? Because Verizon put that infusion up in it. <laughs> I was going to say something else. Free CDs. But maybe, mm. I don't know. So I, There are some people in America who still have DSL, that's why. Still yeah, exists. that is true because a lot of people that, that... No, rural areas can't get you know certain types of internet connections. Yeah. So DSL is still sure. very popular. Like middle America, like rural areas that's remote and stuff like that. You want, you want a connection, you got to get that DSL. That's what I thought of. <laughs> All right, so so what we're gonna do is I think we should swing to to Kia now because I'm, I'm hoping that no, uh, well I'm hoping that I'm sorry, it's habit, it's habit, it's still love though. Mm-hmm. It's just like 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 a mm-hmm. yeah okay, so. We're going to swing your way, and then we can swing this slim for the uh, next topic. But what's your topic? What did you want to speak on? I want to talk about you guys. Well, not you guys in particular, but just like fragile men, fragile male egos. Oh, okay. Mm. That's what's up. Okay. You know, I know all about that. But not firsthand, because you know, I'm really confident. So right. sure. <laughs> I am. Uh. Oh, yeah. There was a there was a story, and it's not even like this is the only one. Um, but the most recent one is this young lady, Julia Martin. Did you guys read about her? No, but you can you can catch us up. That's so. What Julia Martin was engaged to this guy. She broke up with him. They had been broken up for a couple of months. Mm-hmm. Um, she invited him over to give him back his engagement ring. He came in and stabbed her and jumped out of her window. Oh, no, oh, that's not good. That's a, I know that was an inappropriate escalation. That's yeah, what that, I would call that. That 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 that, that, that yeah. there there's some steps that could have happened before yeah. the stabbing part. Yeah. I was gonna a say. Couple but of I'm weeks gonna, before that, there's Denisha Smith who broke up with her boyfriend after she found out he was married with a whole ass family. A whole ass family. A he, whole ass whole family. Whole ass family. Not a half ass yeah, family. Not a half ass family. Not a half ass family. Yeah. He came to her job and he murdered her in the back room. Mm. Uh mm. there is mm. I may mispronounce her name. There's Tierra. Poyao, I'm sorry, P-O-Y-A-U, at the Juve Carnival in Brooklyn. Guy was grinding up on her. She asked him to stop. Heard about that. He shot yeah. her in the face. Yeah. Yeah, I heard what? about that one. Yeah. 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 First of all, like before we go any further, just a quick aside. It's 2016. If you need to go to a party or a club with a gun, stay home. Because obviously you're not having the type of fun that we're trying to have. No, no, no. You're not having that grown folks fun. Yeah, you need to change your lifestyle. If you're like, you're like, you're like, I got my, I got my, I got my chain on, homie. <clears throat> I got, I got my money in my pocket. Got my gun. Like, <laughs> nah. I got my forty-five. Yeah, <laughs> no. <nah. laughs> that's not, that's not how we try to party in 2016, man. Like, like, stop, stop being a cliche. I just don't, not, I just no. don't understand because it like, like a while ago it used to be like you know some dude come up to you like, hey. 
Can I have your number? You're like, nah, he like, fuck you, bitch. You ugly anyway. I don't want to be bothered with you. Now they're like shooting you in the face and stabbing you and murdering you just from like these fragile male egos that can't take rejection. There's a whole Tumblr page, when women com, and I'll make sure you get that at the end. Okay. We're going to post that page, ladies and gentlemen. It just details various accounts of women who just, who just Exercise said no. their right. Exercise right. their right to say no. And, you know, they've been shot. They've been stabbed. They've been choked out. And, you know, this is just like, I'm not interested in what you're selling me, sir. I don't want it. And you lose your life for it. Hmm. Okay, so... Here's what I'm, I I'm, think. Go ahead. Um, so, like to piggyback on this, there was a it was all over Facebook like a couple of weeks, months ago at this point, maybe um, an article about how to talk to a woman who has headphones in, and mm-hmm. I feel like one the one ties into the other. Men are killing women because they've been rejected and it's the same sense of entitlement that like makes the man think it's okay to walk up to a woman in the gym in the middle of her workout while she's sweating and be like oh i'm saying girl how you doing let's have a conversation or want to talk to you while you have your headphones on and clearly don't want to be bothered i just as men my question to you slim and lee are what is it and i know i'm not saying you're not these kind of men but just as men who talk to other men in spaces where women aren't, how, how does this even work? Like, like, what makes a man think that you're entitled to just a woman as property? I mean, the words you used was entitlement, right? So right. that's, uh, that's the... The, the, the essence of it, right? Yeah. And that's just the... Well, doesn't matter what doesn't matter what race of man you are because we have so we have so many imbalances in our culture some of them are racial you know and and some of them are gender based and you know we live in a society where you know men usually historically have been the doctors women have historically been the nurses and why is that you know, because that's what we taught little boys that they could do. We taught little boys that they could be doctors. And we taught little girls, you know, your brains aren't big enough, you know, to be the doctor, but you can still help the sick people, you know, by going to be the nurse. Now, you know, they, obviously that has changed. You know, more women going to college than men anyway um, and medical school and all of those things. So it's that entitlement. Like as a man, society has just taught you. You know, and, and it, it could go back even beyond. I don't want to say this. I don't want to put too much weight on this because it takes some of the responsibility away from the men as decision makers. But some of it goes back to like the primal, you know, men conquering, men protecting. And it's like it's not just you're not just seeking a romantic interaction. Part of it for some men is like conquest. So when a woman shuts that man down, it's like he's he's failed in his conquest, you know. So like I, that's the best I can come up with because that's not my mindset. My conversation yeah. with my buddies in college were was totally different. Yeah, you and know? I, I I don't make a habit of associating with cats that you know, you know, 
murder women for. No, I know, I know. I'm just saying, but it's, it's not my thing. Yeah, it's just, what I'm just saying is like that type of mentality. Here's the thing: for me, I was never the dude that really had quote unquote game. I was just me. You know what I mean? And like, it didn't work for me in high school. Clearly, uh, it didn't really work for me in college. I kind of came into my own after I, you know, became an adult. And it just my temperament was just like, you know, just certain things I, I was not willing to entertain or do to talk to a woman. Like, right. if she doesn't want to talk to me, you know, and Christy, you can be bear witness to this. Like, you know, I was a bit of an ass <laughs> in undergrad, but I was very yeah. direct at, like, in undergrad. So just a lot a, of people had cut cards and try to be like fancy and try to be all funny. And like, yo, I said what I thought. You know, and if like, you right, know, right. if you weren't feeling that or whatever, then I can just go ahead and be somewhere else. I looked at it like, yo, there are plenty of women out there. And I'm saying, if you're not feeling me, then I'm no longer feeling you. And we can keep it moving. If you don't want me, then that takes all the fun out of it for me. There's nothing in it for me anymore. You know what I'm saying? Right. So, so then, you just got to grab so then, the pussy. That's what, that's the, that's what you got to do. Where are the structures? Like, where is, like, the outcry in the community well, for wait, wait, grown wait, men, before, wait, 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 for grown men to be mentoring, not little boys, but other grown men? Clearly, men like you need to be talking to men who think that you can shoot women because they want to break up with you. Okay, well, one, we're doing that right now. That's one. But, but two, let me just back up just a little bit, and I'll come right back to your question. Um, I to kind of dovetail off of what Slim was saying earlier, I've quietly held a theory to myself that I think that the way males in society are generally socialized, it's very much like, you know, aggressive and, you know, it's, it's not a lot of getting in touch with your emotions. And what I mean by that is from the time you are young, you are socialized to do what is perceived as male shit. So like, you know, they give you action figures, you go out there, you play sports, you do all these, you know, you, know, you, you, you take male colors, you do all these things that are perceived to be masculine. And then no point in that process is it celebrated or okay for a dude to be like, oh, like, oh, you like that girl. No, I don't. Girls are yucky, even at a young age. It's like this whole thing. Let me hit her. Yeah, <laughs> like, I'll pull up pigtails. That's yeah. how I'll show her shit that yeah, I like her. It's just, I'll hit it's her. Just, it's, so it starts at a young age. So it's just like, you know, like this is okay. And like if that's okay and that's, you know, parents are also telling their 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 female children that, you know, oh, well, he's just a boy and that's what boys do and it's okay whatever. So it's, it's kind of like a duality right there. I'm just thinking. <laughs> is the silence maybe because most of the time the women are black? And here's the thing. I don't even think it's most. I think this. Is, I think this goes across. In 2014, black females were murdered by men at a rate of 2.19 per 100,000, more than twice the rate for white women. Okay. I mean, I'm not going to say that. Is I mean, we're not. It's not all of, I mean, all. I of just the, think it's the attitude across the board. I think it. I think it is. Um, but I think the outcry is noticeably absent because black women are the. The, the highest victim population. Yeah, black people don't care about black women. Yeah, I, I, black I, I, woman is the most disrespectful. I think he, here's, a, here's another thing. I think there's the, all right. There's outcry for all sorts of injustices, right? The question is the outcry from who and how loud is it? 
Right. So had you guys heard about these? Well, I heard about the one that the, the, the young lady in the club who got shot in the face because yeah. she didn't want and, to dance. And I, I don't, I don't think I had heard about either of them. And there was a woman. This was a few years ago. This um, lady in Pittsburgh who guy was like pushing up. A, he was being sexually aggressive to her, and she asked him to stop. He followed her to her car. Did the same thing. She said no. Bartender inside saw him shoot her. Um, so and this like I just have like a whole list. Um, I mean, one of the more famous ones was the guy that used to be on Shield, um, Michael Jace. Mm-hmm. Do you guys remember him? I didn't watch. That, with Shield. the crazy mm-hmm. hair, is that the dude? I don't know, but anyway, was his, he in Twa? Was that the was that the black dude from Twa? I don't know. I can pull it up and see. You watched Twa? No, but I know what it was. <laughs> he just admitted he watched Twa. <laughs> no, I'm just like absolutely. It's a, it's a terrible movie. Yeah. Shame. No, no, I'm not familiar. The his name wife, is familiar. His okay. wife asked for a divorce. He decided she was having an affair. He said, well, since you like to run so much, won't you run from this knife and stabbed her in front of their kids? Oh, my God. So it's stuff like that. I mean, this is the kind of stuff that, that, that bothers me because, you know, as a black woman, these things are happening. And it's like, you know, people kind of talk about it for a little while. And it's like, oh, my God, that was so horrible. What's going on over here? Oh, Lent. And we just kind of move on from it. But these things keep happening. Um, aside from the Tumblr, there was a study done. More than 1,600 women were murdered by men in 2014. Things that people just aren't talking yeah. about. Yeah. So what I was going to say in, in response to that, I think, um, and this is just me thinking, don't shoot me. Uh, I, I think that the mm-hmm. attitude towards women in general uh, is, is becoming more of an overt issue. It, it's, it's being brought more to the surface. And I think in a way, Donald Trump is helping that to be brought to the forefront a little bit because his comments in terms of just, you know, what he said the last week in terms of just grab him in the pussy, um, as ignorant as that was and as indefensible as that was, we had people who were sitting on, you know, CNN and Fox trying to rationalize and justify that type of thought. Right. So, I mean, and you hear like how Brock Turner, the, the swimming uh, star from Stanford, he was a freshman, but he was a swimming star. Oh, right. Racist. Yeah, yeah. He gets literally caught in the act of raping a, an unconscious woman. Right, he's literally caught in the act, and a judge gives him six months because he doesn't want to ruin his life over one bad decision, and he only serves three months of that because a lot of times you know when he gets prison time, you don't necessarily serve the whole sentence, so he only served three months for raping a woman, right? And then, and here's the other thing that people weren't really talking about if you read up on the on that particular thing. For two years, every two weeks or so. A woman got raped on Stanford's campus. When he was arrested, the rape stopped. So there was a serial rapist on that wow. campus. I wonder if there's a connection. That's it's crazy. possible, but I'm just saying, there's a but, serial rapist then, that like this is like is like there was a serial like for like two so for two years every two weeks, a woman got raped. But here's the problem, like then, 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 and this goes to like you know this goes to also college college campuses and universities. Um, but you know what's crazy about that? So, like, when I had orientation for Howard this year, you know, they have a sexual assault presentation that they have to do. And the craziest thing that I heard 
during the whole presentation was that Howard University, Georgetown University, GW University, all universities in the District of Columbia that have hospitals do not process rape kits. The only hospital in this city that processes rape kits is Washington Hospital Center. And I find it troubling that the only hospital that processes rape kits in this city doesn't affiliate with the university. Well, you just beat me to my point because I was just about to talk about the whole college atmosphere because that's where a lot of rapes happen and a lot of rapes don't get reported on college campuses. And if they do, they're not they're not often handled properly or at all. And I think if you look if you look at GW, if you look at Georgetown, if you look at Howard, the fact that you allow your hospitals not to process rape kits says that you like are okay with what's going on. You know going on and you're kind of complicit in covering it up in the health care that you offer because you don't process rape kits. Yeah, I mean... So parents are paying tuition. They're paying for health services, but if their daughter or their son gets raped, they cannot get that service at that hospital. And they I like the fact that you mentioned son. One. Yeah, because it unfortunately happens to males too, so... Yeah, I mean, I, I really, I really. Here's the thing, Takia. To be honest with you, it's it's a it's a messed up. You know, I don't have an easy answer for that. I think a lot of it has to do with just like the way men, to a certain degree, are socialized. I think because now we're in a society where everything is much more. You know, people can see things a lot faster and easier with internet and the way things are connected. The idea of competition and the you know the whole wanting to be a certain way with women, I think it's ramped up because there's a, there's a constant competition. Back in like, you know, caveman days, quote unquote or whatever, like Bill Gates wasn't getting no, he wasn't, you know what I'm saying? He was just going to be the, like the dude on the side that watched the other dude get, it's different now. There's so much competition and I think these, a lot of these dudes in terms of the way they socialize, it's a lot of immaturity, mm-hmm. not emotionally mature. They don't know how to take rejection and it's like a lot of times people let it slide. They let these kids act out and as they get older it becomes more and more okay for them to act out and nothing happens so there's where the entitlement comes from so i mean it comes as easily as getting checked you know what i'm saying i typically don't mm-hmm. call a a woman particularly a black woman a bitch it's not my it's not my my repertoire that's just me if other people do it mm-hmm. that's that's on them that's just me but that also came from experience i called the wrong black woman a bitch and she checked me for it. It's a learning process. Right. I understand, like, okay. And then it also it also has to also be one of those things where I had to think to myself, like, yo, I wouldn't like it if somebody called my sister a bitch. I wouldn't like it if somebody called my mother or my aunt a bitch. So it's a lot but of why different things. Why does it have to be? So it doesn't have to be that. It doesn't have to be, but that's, that's part I'm of the saying. problem. Because then the way that... It doesn't have to be that you respect someone because you have a mother or a daughter or a sister or a wife or... Whatever, you respect someone, you respect this woman because she's a human being and it's the thing that you should mm-hmm. do. It shouldn't be because, oh, let me let me connect myself to this woman in a way that, that makes me still the man, mm-hmm. the center of all of her pain. So I could understand it because I've got a wife and I would hate if someone did that to my wife. But you should hate it that someone is doing this to just this human being. And, well, I, I just want to point out that no, also I, it's domestic violence awareness. Month. No, I agree with that. I'm not. I'm not disagreeing with what you said at all. I was just saying on top of that because that was just added perspective for me. 
that was just out of perspective for me. Like, again, like I said, I was checked. So I just realized, like, okay, this is not cool. She made her position known. True. And it's one of those things I just kept in mind for myself. Like, that's something I just don't do. You know what I'm saying? So it wasn't just like, oh, it wasn't like, would you call your mama a, a bitch? It wasn't that. Right. And I wasn't necessarily saying yeah. it for you, mm-hmm. but I felt like it needed to be said. Mm-hmm. Okay. When it comes to solutions to problems, there's a couple of approaches you can take, right? And most of the time, solutions are comprehensive. So you don't just take one approach, right? socially we need to do better with the punitive side of it Mm -hmm. all right we need to make sure that when people do commit rape and a rape charge or any type of sexual assault or, or any sexual assault when it is raised when it is brought that it is properly prosecuted and it is appropriately sentenced that victims are afforded the appropriate protections. All right. And, you know, in a comprehensive solution, there's going to be a lot of details that makes that work appropriately. But we do need to make sure on the punitive side, we address that. We can't have situations like we had with a Brock Turner. Like, you just can't have that. There have been multiple since, though. There have been, been a couple since where there have been very similar things. Like, a dude was raped, um, was, was raped a child. Like, it's like, it's like a toddler. Like- too. So, yeah, I saw that. He yeah, got yeah, like the, no some the judge ridiculously didn't give him amount of time. Yeah, I yeah. don't think he got any time. Like he got well, no, there's another kid there's, that raped somebody and he got off. He okay, didn't get time yeah. either. So, yeah, it's But it also it kind of goes back to what you were saying My before bad, about there being different justice systems. I'm sorry. Um I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. We, we cut you off. We cut you we off. We did. We didn't count oh. to two. <laughs> <laughs> I was just going to wait until you finish. Because there's a different justice justice system for rape victims. Because when you accuse someone of rape, you know, you go on trial. And it's been that way for uh-huh. a very, very long time. And it it's not a comfortable feeling to, you know, just like Trayvon Martin was on trial, even though he was dead. And couldn't defend himself. Right. It's It's not a comfortable feeling to, you know, have to get up there and just like defend your your right to exist and own the space that you're in without someone on your body. Yes. Your yeah. own body, your own physical body without somebody feeling like, Oh, I can put anything in it. A finger, mm-hmm. a penis, a broom handle, like whatever. Cause that's one of the things that guy used. Um, Brock Turner. Um, and just feel like I that. have to get up there and like defend why this shit is wrong. Because, mm-hmm. Of what? Because of whatever they're going to pull out. Maybe I put something they feel like is caught. Maybe I put something wrong on my Facebook and they say, oh, well, look at what you put on um, in 2012. Mm-hmm. You like sex. And so you wanted to get raped. I mean, it's just. OK, so I, I just want to speak very quickly. Now, I want to let make sure I give the floor back to Slim because Slim has been waiting patiently. I just want to say this. Um I believe that another thing we need to take into strong consideration, something that needs to be addressed, is we need to make sure the idea and the concept of accountability is is more pushed to the forefront. And what I mean by that is when Trayvon Martin was murdered, one of the things that Geraldo Rivera got on TV and said on national TV is was he was wearing a hoodie. Why was he wearing a hoodie? As if wearing a hoodie is the reason why he was murdered and why it's okay to murder him. And that's also the same concept or idea that is often used, like, look the way she was dressed. 
Why was she dressed like that? And just because a woman is dressed a particular way does not give you the right to rape her. It just doesn't. So I just think accountability is just something that we are sorely lacking in this society. And a lot of times it's, it's, it's never our fault whenever something goes wrong. But when somebody else does it, as with the George Zimmerman case. Slim, you were saying about two sides to this to this this narrative so both of you guys made a really uh great point uh about the culture of blaming the victim and when you're taking a punitive approach that's part of it right because there is going to be some questioning of the victim you've levied a charge so when you've levied a charge there is going to be some vetting of you when you levy a charge mm -hmm. but that doesn't mean the victim is not supposed to be that, that the victim is supposed to be disrespected and their reputation is supposed to be intentionally tarnished you're supposed to investigate this situation and see if this in is this situation unfurled the way the parties uh are alleging that it it, it was it took place so that's all on the punitive side of it but scientifically from a psychological perspective, you use the word socialization. And I think that's where most of the work needs to be done mm -hmm. from, from many perspectives. First of all, from with the point you raised earlier, the way we teach little boys and little girls how to interact with one another, uh, what, act, what actions toward one another are acceptable and unacceptable, that starts, you know, as soon as you can start teaching a child, mm -hmm. as early as possible. Mm -hmm. um, I'm, I remember when I was in college and I would be walking around campus and my buddies, they might see me with a young lady and they would ask me things like, you know, well, my boy, my boy John in particular, he'd be like, he'd be like, yo, Bob, that's what we go, yo, Bob. You met my boy John, he has a crazy deep voice. Mm -hmm. um, he'd be like, what are you doing? Are you walking around with all these, all these girls? Like, what are you doing? Like, there was some magic switch mm -hmm. or something, like I was casting a spell or, you know, something like that. And I would just tell him, I was like, man, I, I'm just, I, when I, when I speak to a woman, I'm just speaking to a woman. Mm -hmm. That's it. Right. Like there's nothing else. I don't a woman can tell when you like want something else from her. Mm -hmm. And I just didn't uh -huh. like I just wanted to. And I don't know what it was. I don't mm -hmm. know if it was because I've always been able to speak to women in that regard because you grew I up in a, grew house, up in a house full of women. Full of women that's what I can relate to. So like, yeah, I'm, I'm comfortable. speaking yeah. with women. Maybe that's, that's what me. it is. I, I don't know. But I, I do know that I've always been comfortable speaking to women mm -hmm. and I've always spoken to women uh, unabashedly. For instance, I've, there have been times when uh, when I was back in the day when I was actually riding the bus mm -hmm. and I'd see a woman with some nice shoes in the morning going to work and I would see her shoes and I would like her shoes. And I'll, and I'll say, excuse me one second, I just got to tell you, your shoes are banging or whatever slang we were using at the time because we might not have been saying banging back then. Okay, so um, you, you didn't run up and say your shoes are on fleet, child. Yeah, I didn't say that. on fleet because okay. It didn't. That didn't she, she exist. She that didn't a whole exist. different type yeah, of. Yeah, she, uh, yeah. So I'm saying, but an another reason why I would give them, give John that answer, a because it was true, and b I think it's also because of the part of the social socialization with how men and women interact with each other. We need to just we need to take it down. Like we build this interaction between men and women up 
so high. We add so much intensity of competition to it. And we just need to take it down. Yeah. We just need to. It is kind of. It's kind of like, oh, yo, like, yo, did you get to, like, yo, what did you do? Yeah. It's, it's, it's kind of like it's accomplishment. Like, what did you accomplish yeah. in, the, in, this, in this mission? Did you just talk to her? Oh, you went, come on, man. Like, all you did was talk to her. I, my man, you know, whoop de whoop. You know what I'm saying? It's just, yeah. it, it's a competition. It's like an accomplishment. Like, where are, where are you with this? Like, like how, many, and, how many women did you talk to? How many numbers did you get? This was a thing. You know, it's, and really, it shouldn't be a competition because no. the, tru- the truth of the matter is. I'm not saying if, me. If you just allow, <laughs> if you just allow men and women to just interact, mm-hmm. first of all, sex is a very naturally occurring thing. Right. Yes. So if you put two heterosexual people together for long enough, it might just happen on its own without you doing anything. So I think we need to teach people that just just have conversations with people, just meet people, just be yourself. Don't put any pressure on yourself. Just just let relationships be whatever they're going to be and let nature take its course. And that's a socialization that starts very, very young. Take the comp, take the competition out of the situation, Mm -hmm. you know, and take the, the socializing of, you know, aggressive behavior to one another on both sides because it's gamesmanship on both sides. And I don't think here's the thing. I never, I never blame victims. And I think a woman needs to be able to say no to a man. I'm not comfortable dancing with you. Uh, No, I don't want you to walk with me. No, I don't want you to uh, give me your number. But I also think that on the other side of that, there are women, and this is not not related to the sexual assault Mm -hmm. part of it. This is to the gamesmanship part Mm -hmm. of it. There are women who perform in their rejection. That's still not a reason for a woman to be sexually assaulted or raped but sometimes i see rejections and i'm like wow i'm like she put a lot on that rejection (laughs) like i don't think that was necessary for her to put all that on there again that's no justification for a sexual assault like if your reaction to being aggressively rejected is to shoot somebody in the face or to rape them uh, then you need to get the chair or some other <laughs> severe punishment for doing that. Right. Um, I, but I think the socialization part of it, everybody needs to come down mm-hmm. a little bit. Men need to stop being so aggressive. And I think uh, women need to make sure that they understand that men are not a monolith, right? There's a guy coming to talk to you is not the is not the same as the other ten guys that just tried to come and talk to you. Everybody's right? an individual. Exactly. Saying. Okay. So that's a you handle the socialization, but also take care of it on the punitive side when something actually does go down. Mm-hmm. Don't blame the victim. And I think some comprehensive solution that involves all of that is the is the real solution. Okay. I mean I, I would also I would like to double down on what you were saying in terms of I, I over time because I said earlier that I was never one to have quote unquote game it's just <clears throat> not my it's not me right I'm naturally goofy I have a very different sense of humor yes and I'm a nerd yes you know what I mean these are yeah. not things that were I'm necessarily familiar. you know what all y'all didn't have to confirm that <laughs> at <laughs> once not at once y'all well, could have I was, I was confirming because I identify with those okay. characteristics okay. that's different so. I'll allow that 
I'll allow that. I'll go with that. So I was confirming that I've seen those characteristics in you. All right. Thank you. Appreciate it. So as I was saying before someone interrupted me. <laughs> How rude. <laughs> yes. Uh, I, I think there is definitely something to that because that's something I had kind of had to grow into. I think in general, uh, especially speaking to undergrad, and the reason why I keep bringing up undergrad is for me, I think, no, let me be honest, I know I was socially underdeveloped when I went into undergrad because by and large in high school, I was not interested in interacting with a lot of the people in my high school. It was nothing really personal per se. It's just like high school was just very superficial to me. The people, for, uh, by and large, were superficial to some degree, and I don't really do well with superficial. It's just not me. So when I got to college, I kind of missed a lot of the development that you would get. So my ability to talk to both male and female was greatly hampered and underdeveloped. And I had to learn over time. And over time, I just learned how to just talk to people more naturally. And, you know, sometimes people get my humor and my, if they don't get it, okay, that's fine. Keep it moving. You know what I'm saying? But it, it, when, you, when I was younger, it was one of those things where it was a pursuit thing. Like, let me pursue, let me pursue. And after a while, just kind of like, you know what, I'm just going to do me. And it just started falling out the sky. Like, what is this? The demeanor change. Yo. That's it. That's mm. real, they, And son. they use, they have different words to describe it. You know, some people call it swag or whatever you yeah. want to, whatever you want to call it. But being comfortable with yourself. Yeah, yeah. Being I, comfortable I know with people who you are swag. makes it, I just, it I'm makes just me. I know people who have like <clears throat> legit swag. I'm just me. It hey, works. Some people might call yeah, that swag. Though. Right, right. Oh, yeah, yeah. Being I mean, comfortable with who you are, yeah, like yeah. being in your skin, you yeah. know, and being cool uh -huh. with that. Indeed, indeed. So, um. Yeah, I, I, I just want to say that I think one of the things that we can do with Flash Black is we can continue to bring this issue up, um, not just post the Tumblr page, but if these issues continue to arise, we can be some of the people that chime that bell to make sure that people don't just go to sleep on this issue. So I think it's something worth championing. I, I I'm all for that. It's not just about black people or, you know, it's also about black women and the, the issues that they have. It's about Asian people, the issues they have, about Latinos and the issues they have. It's about people of color. We all have issues. So <laughs> these are some of the things that we need to address and let's get it. Uh, I do think that the women in each race, unfortunately, kind of get treated like second class, class citizens, unfortunately. Yes. So it's like the black men catch shit. And black women catch shit in a different way, but they also catch shit from us, yep. which makes it worse. Mm -hmm. So um, I think I think it's the same way probably for white women. I don't know because I'm not white. Me either. You know what I mean? But I, I would imagine it's pretty similar because I think, you know, that's just the way men are socialized. You know, and I'm not saying it's right. I'm just saying it's something that needs to be addressed. So, you know, first thing is you start with yourself and then you work with your the people that you're around or whatever and get better friends. <laughs> talk to people they can't be talked to other people just like yeah, i can't deal with dude man it's just you know but yeah so yeah man good 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 topic and i think that's something we need to continue to look at good talk thank you good talk good time slim what you got man good time um well i was listening and i think that I, uh this actually uh it's funny because i think the same thing happened last time i think the topics are kind of like naturally blending together they're blending. Um, so I was listening to. <laughs> I'm sorry. 
I was like, it's just, I, I had a Matrix moment. I thought you were about to do like a Morpheus moment, whatever. Yeah. Two ships going in one direction. And, and do, never mind. I'm sorry. That's the nerdy part I was talking about. Take the blue pill. Oh, you sound like, I don't know, like like the count that's trying to give somebody a molly or but something. That would be like, take the blue pill. Ah, that, would, ah, yeah, ah, that would be tough. Say anything like a count. One pill, two pills. Ah, ah. I'm going to put some drops in your ear. Yeah, yeah, Wow. <laughs> you guys are entertaining. Drop. Yeah. <clears throat> if, if to nobody else but ourselves, I, that is I true. see that. Yes. Well, I was listening to a morning edition on NPR um, this morning, and they started talking about implicit bias. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. So I think that's what I would like to, <laughs> like what I would like to, because apparently uh, Chrissy's having a moment on implicit <laughs> bias. Um, so the on Morning Edition, the hosts were talking to these two psychologists who actually did um, studies. They did experiments on implicit bias in the 90s. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of the experiments they did was they would have people, let me see if I can remember this accurately. They would have people associate black with a negative word. Mm -hmm. And you would hit like a button on your keyboard every time black was associated with a negative word. And, and, well, wait, and so then, they would intentionally have them associated? Yeah, black? yeah, yeah. I'm going to tell you the whole experiment. Okay. All right. They would then have the same people associate white with a positive word. Mm-hmm. Then they would have you do the opposite. Mm-hmm. So you had to associate white mm-hmm. with a negative word mm-hmm. and black with a positive word. Mm-hmm. And she said the results were just like stunning. Like you couldn't even do it. Like sometimes people's fingers would literally like freeze, freeze when they tried to associate black with a positive and white with a negative. I believe that. Um, and she said like it opened her eyes. One of the actual psychologists who was conducting the study because she did, she engaged in the experiments herself. Mm-hmm. And she was also affected the same way. So this whole concept of uh, you you actually being a different person mm-hmm. than you thought you were mm-hmm. because implicit bias is a real thing and how you look at uh, in the election season or outside of the election season talking about the topics we're talking about with uh, you know uh, violence against women or uh, racial injustices uh, against black folk. Uh, the doctors on Delta. <laughs> what a doctor looks like. I was going like. to bring that the, up when, earlier when you mentioned, yeah. Yeah. Like when you see all of this stuff happening and then you're speaking to a person and that person is biased, but they have no mm-hmm. idea that they're biased. So they fully believe everything they're saying and they don't understand why you don't get it. They don't understand why you don't see it the right way, because in their mind, they're right. And Mm -hmm. it it didn't it didn't uh, I didn't listen to the whole article. So I didn't get all the details on like how the implicit bias comes into being. Mm -hmm. Um, They were mainly initially just talking about the impacts of of the implicit bias. Okay, But I think it would tie into all the other things we're talking about. How people are socialized, Mm -hmm. you know, the kind of images you see, you know, in the news or now on social media. Um, I, I think all these things like train a person 
to be biased, right. you know, against uh, people of other races, nationalities, cultures, genders. genders. And, you know, the result is you have people, you have like this kind of built in hate. So, yes. Um, so I listened to the same program and there were two things that I really took away. The one was that she was saying that it wasn't just that she discovered that she wasn't who she thought she was. But her exact word was that it was silly. And I think that, like, that is something that, like, not so much we as people of color have to, like, you know, be sensitive of, like, oh, more white peers. But at the same time, in order to have a conversation with somebody, they have to be able to feel like they're not at a total disadvantage. And so I think that whole thing about feeling humiliated about realizing that you might be a little more subconsciously racist than you thought um, is, is a thing that, like, we, we as a society, we as public people going to have to work with them. And we as a society are going to have to develop the language to talk about how it feels. Because I think that for her to say that if you feel humiliated, then that means on some level you feel like seated or inferior. And what's crazy to me is that on some level in that moment, when you feel humiliated about realizing that you're not as good a person as you thought you were, um, especially when it comes to race or gender, I think the automatic, I could see it being an automatic reaction for people to dig in and maintain their bigoted or prejudice positions because in that humiliation who wants to admit that defeat defense mechanism yeah but that's that that in in and of itself is how racism works that that is like is it's it's the great nothing because it 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 doesn't exist unless you admit it it exists right it's just like you know it's it's an inconvenience and a discomfort to acknowledge that i'm racist right like you know for for somebody might be racist not to really even think about what it's doing to the people that you're racist against. But the problem is people don't even see racism. They think, see racism as something that's outward. They don't understand that it's also an inward thing. It's okay. It also affects you. And like the people that are racist right now, a lot of the Trump supporters are damaging to themselves, not, to, not, not just to people who don't look like them. But I mean, right. the way this is structured and the way racism, I said in the earlier conversation, racism is an insidious mechanism because just the way everything is done, if you look at the dictionary, if you look up black in the dictionary and you look at white in the dictionary, the, the definitions off the break will tell you that there, there's something going on here. And then you look at yeah. just something simple as like, you know, you go down the dessert aisle, you want some angel food cake, it's white. You want some devil's food cake, it's black. And there's so many different examples just like that. Right. You know what I mean? Where it's right. like the like black is automatically associated with some. This is something that gets seeded into your brain at such an early age, and it's it's okay. It's what what's normal. It's like you know if you want to see a a comedy where it's not just something like Hardy Har Har, it's a black comedy. You know, it's like like right. really like like it's just like it's it's so many type of things where black is you know prefixed onto word to give it a negative connotation. So. This is not surprising to me at all. I would have loved to have heard this, and we'll have to find that yeah, link. It's on NPR. So we'll have we to find that link. We'll have to post that. Yeah, pull that up. Yeah, yeah, because that's oh. the type of stuff that feeds the soul right there. But Another reason that I liked it was because they did experiments on it. 
Which is the part yeah. I like. So now you're taking now you're taking a, a concept mm-hmm. like racism, right? Mm-hmm. Which can seem nebulous. It can seem subjective. It can seem like some people are actually being racist, or are you just perceiving racism? Facts versus but, feelings. Yeah, yeah. But when you take a concept like implicit bias, and then you do scientific experiments to try to accumulate some empirical data, you take it out of that nebulous subjective realm, and you put it into mm-hmm. like a, you put it into tangible terms, mm-hmm. you know, and then you make it something that could actually be understood from a tangible perspective. Mm-hmm. And that's what I like because I think that's what we really that's what we really need to get down to brass tacks on all of this stuff is how do we make it tangible enough and still people will have to accept it that's the the ironic part people still gonna fight it even when you give them facts you mean like climate change i was just about to say that (laughs) well i I feel like well one you can take the implicit bias test you can look it up online and it's available you can take it um it's fun but i feel like it is. It, it is fun. Um, I feel like that test should be mandatory for teachers, police officers, law enforcement, mm. anyone in mm. anyone in the criminal justice system. If you're a judge, if you're a clerk, anyone, because all of those people in their jobs and their responsibilities, they're all moving parts in a whole machine. And it's not just the judge that can screw you. You know what I'm saying? The county clerk can screw you too. Um, and so, like, all of the county clerk can decide they don't want to issue a marriage license. So, like, all of these people who, you know, have control over people's lives should have to take this test because they cannot fix you, but they can behaviorally train you so that you are less inherently bigoted. Hmm. I, I think that's a... A good idea, and that one of the unfortunate things is when you talk about stuff like being even a firefighter, a lot of times that's generational, and like people grow up families of firefighters or families of police officers, and they know people, and they pass tests along, and the proper way to pass the test, and look out for this person, so there's still stuff that can slip through the cracks, but I think that that would be a, a valiant start. I'm not mad at that as a possible partial part of a solution. I don't think that would be the be-all, mm-hmm. end-all. But I think that's definitely something that should be. Uh, there, there needs to be some type of psychological evaluation anyway for police officer. For most people. Why? Nah, but specifically for a police officer, because why do you want to do this job? And that you want to do the yeah yeah that I mean, too. But there are like so many so many. I mean, yes, obviously for police officers, but I I said for most people, not just because I was trying to be like difficult, but there was. Um, there was this study that came out that found that doctors and nurses believe that black people's experiences of pain is different than white people. I heard about that. So, I heard about that. So if you're talking, you're talking about like police officers. Yes. You're talking about teachers. Yes. But then you're thinking about like, I don't doctors, know if you guys, yeah. yes, doctors and, and nurses and people, you know, you're in a hospital or somewhere and you're in pain and the doctor's saying like, oh, you're just exaggerating this and they discharge you from the hospital and you die. And that happened to a woman, I think it was earlier this year. She was like, yeah. I am really in pain. And they're like, you know what? You're really exaggerating. You're doing too much right now. Um, we need you to leave. They called security and had her wow. removed. A code strong. I've worked at a hospital. Code strong. Ma'am, you need to leave I've these been, premises. And she died. I've had a nurse. I've had a nurse have me sit in the emergency room. And I'm actively in kidney failure just because she could. 
Mm. And when I walked into the emergency room, I said, I'm having, you know, vomiting episodes. I know I'm in kidney failure. And I take these medications. I'm allergic to them. You need to treat my pain if you want me to stop vomiting. And she was like, yeah, that's a lie. You're a drug seeker. And I sat in the emergency room for six hours. Mm. And then they discovered when they finally did the testing that I was, you know, I, I was right. I was in kidney failure because she was like, oh, you couldn't possibly be in kidney failure. Kidney failure is painful. I was like, yes, it is. <laughs> um, I know. And, and I've been here before. And so, like, definitely with healthcare, you know, that is a thing that I've experienced. And not only that, but, you know, what she was saying was it's not just pain. Like, they think that, like, they did a study of med students like 2014 or 15 and people who were actually in med school thought that black people um, not just had a higher tolerance of pain but that like we were structurally different that our skin was thicker harder to penetrate like they had all these like antiquated thoughts about about medical stuff that they're learning it's like if, if pain is something that can be perceived so that's you know, kind of like the nebulous thing, like with racism, but like, you think my skin is thicker? Look, I don't even want you making my sandwich if you racist. I don't care. <laughs> I don't care what the profession is. Like, I don't want you baking me a cake. I don't want you doing, I don't want to have anything to do. I want you to do a test just so I can know. No, racist cake might be. I don't want no racism cake. I don't want no racist icing. Yeah, you, 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 hey, you don't want that white cake? <laughs> <laughs> Now, I don't want that white sangria. If nobody's ever seen Django Unchained, that white cake was the business. <laughs> Got to get yourself some white cake. Leonardo, yeah. Shout out to Leonardo DiCaprio. I want no, I want no parts of it. I, want to, you, you, I, I don't think you can make my sandwich appropriately if you're racist. I don't you, well, you can't Put taste, too much mayonnaise. Yeah, you it. can't taste the this, this season. Well, here's the, the thing. I don't, I don't know. Because of your blackness, sir. Paula Dean. I'm just saying. Well, I've never tasted Paula Dean's food. Well, apparently so. black people like her. I'm, I'm just joking. She's a lot of butter. <laughs> I'm, yeah, she uses a lot of butter. You butter can't be scared of butter. You can't be. You Not can't if you make a Paula Dean recipe. Nah, you pa- got to have like no, two pounds You can't pounds be scared of butter. Pan. So what you're going to do is you're going to use a pound of butter. And then oh, when you're oh, done oh. with that pound of butter, sugar, you're just going to add a little more. bit more butter. You're going to use another pound. Just a little yeah. bit more butter. All right. So uh-huh. I want to I wanna wrap this up. Yeah, <laughs> diabetes. Uh, yes. The proper pronunciation. Oh, oh, sugar. The sugar. Oh, your sugar bag. Oh, okay. So, ladies and gentlemen, this has been fun. Uh, I want to thank my cohorts in crime, Ms. Takia Richardson, Ms. Christy Hunt. I'm cursing on my couch. <laughs> Mr. Slim Williams. Big up. And I am, of course, Mr. Lee Bennett III, a.k.a. Da Vinci Parks. We are the usual suspects, ladies and gentlemen. We shall be doing this on a regular basis. Please continue to tune in as we talk about all the things that you might have missed. Please come back. Indeed. We love you. If you don't come Happy back, Monday. we're going we're gonna to grab you. We're going to grab you by the Jane. By <laughs> we are not. That that is that is not what's we gonna just happen. Just got finished talking about how that's wrong. It's how I was socialized. <laughs> no, you weren't.